0: Welcome back to Getting There, where we're always surviving, we're sometimes thriving, and we are just trying our best to make it. I'm Amanda, and I'm here with my lovely co-host.
1: And I'm Ellie, and this podcast is produced by Her Campus at Loyola University, Chicago. So welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. It's been Um, a minute. Today we're going to be talking about... (laughs) Yeah, it's been a minute. We didn't want to leave that unacknowledged. Um, So if you're coming back to listen to this episode, we appreciate you. Um, We've just been having a rough time of it, honestly, which is I think what led (laughs) us to talk about this topic in our episode. Um, Amanda and I have just been like kind of falling behind, not falling behind, but like we've just been having a tougher time getting things done with her campus because we're both kind of in like a mental health rut, I guess. Yeah, for sure. you say that's accurate? Yes, that
0: is definitely accurate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So today, right. So today we're going to be talking about a very important topic and that's therapy. And I think therapy can be a really great tool for many different things, but there always seems to be, like, such a stigma around seeking help from a therapist. Like, I think the stigma is that if you seek help from a therapist, there's something, like, very extremely wrong mm-hmm. with you, and that isn't really the case. So we just want to try to interrupt that stigma a little bit with a conversation about how great therapy can be, and really just where to start if you're looking to begin going. Mm-hmm. Um, So I know we talked about this the other day, Amanda, but can you share a little bit more about your experience um, thinking about getting into therapy and like what kind of pushed you to do that?
0: Yeah, so that was part of the reason that I was kind of wanted to do this episode is because I think we each bring some unique perspectives to this um, because I have never been to therapy before. yeah, um, And I have had lots of friends who have. I've had family members who have. Um, and I don't know, I don't really know exactly why I haven't. I think I've just been not scared necessarily it's just something that oh it's another thing that I just keep pushing off in the back of my mind like oh I'll get to it eventually um and here we are 20 years old junior year of college still have not gotten there so um I am actively (laughs) searching for therapists in the Chicago area at the moment just because as you said we're in a bit of a mental health rut and I just think that yeah um that that is kind of what I need just to have like an outlet for the kinds of things that I've been feeling. Um, and I just, yeah, I think it will, it will be helpful. I've kind of been discussing it with a lot of different people and they all have been very supportive of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Um, but I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm almost, like, excited to go, which is, like, not something that yeah. you would, like, typically expect from someone who is, like... That
1: sounds like the most adult thing I've, ever like, ever, ever heard <laughs> come out of your mouth. Like, oh, I'm excited to go to therapy. Yeah. That's so funny.
0: I just know that just because, like I said, I've had lots of friends and family members who have gone and have had really positive experiences, I just know that, like, it's gonna help. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic, for sure.
1: That's good. And I, I wanted... You said, like, oh, it's... You're a junior in college. You know, you've never been to therapy. But I still think it's great that you're doing it because it's, like, never too late to start. hmm So... Yeah. Just for anyone listening, I think that's, like, a good thing to think about. Like, no matter where you're at in, like, your mental health journey or just, like, your life journey in general, I think it can always be helpful. And I think after the year that we've had, like, amidst this pandemic and... Literally so many global crises that have (laughs) gone on. Like I don't think there's one person that wouldn't benefit from a therapy session. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know. Exactly. You're spent this past year plus we've been spending just so much time like with ourselves. I think that was a big thing that kind of like brought it back up for me was that like I have had some things happen in the past and I just kind of have pushed it away and just kind of trudged on. Um, but I think having all of this time with myself has really made me realize that like oh like I don't have to just deal with this like it's not something that I just have to accept and move on like I can have valid concerns and like talk to somebody about it so
1: right right like you don't have to keep pushing things down and distracting yourself Mm -hmm. like you can actually like work through it which I feel like a lot of people avoid and like I think the pandemic has definitely like made People have that similar experience where they spend so much time with themselves and then they realize like oh maybe I have past traumas that I really haven't addressed <laughs> and like they're actually affecting me and manifesting in my life in like xyz ways mm-hmm. and like maybe that'd be beneficial to like work through right um yeah so I know for me like that happened too yeah not
0: saying the pandemic is a good thing but you know maybe maybe there right. are some good takeaways from it <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're just putting a positive spin yeah. on it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited for you to find a therapist because you're excited, so I get to be excited <laughs> as well. Um, but I definitely, like, understand that there's a, there's a struggle in coming, in, like, finding a good therapist, I think. So as much help as you need, like, I'm willing to help because I've had experience, like, finding therapists and it's hard to find people in network like with your Mm -hmm. insurance right and therapy is expensive so it's like you can't pay out of pocket and then Mm -hmm. sometimes you really just don't mesh with that therapist and it feels like you can't really open up to them like you should be able to in a therapy session right so yeah I just think there there is a lot of like complications that can come and a lot of nuance there Um, yeah I think we're just like searching out therapist for the first time like might not know about that right I was gonna
0: say I think that might have been one of the reasons that I was kind of deterred from it in the past is that I'm just generally not sure I'm I'm more of an introverted person like meeting new people in general makes me nervous and just the thought of like sitting down with someone that I've never met and like opening up about like my deepest life issues is like you know it can it's scary um and I think that's oh for sure yeah and that's definitely Um, I think is a concern for a lot of other people as well but um, yeah I think it's just gotten to the point where like I am I'm ready to like face those things in order to like in order to proceed with my life (laughs) essentially
1: right right I love that no but there is like a huge amount of vulnerability that comes with being in therapy, and, like, it sucks because, you know, like, I I never want to be vulnerable either, but then I'm, like, I know if I want to get the most out of this therapy and, like, get my, first of all, get my money's worth because it's expensive, Mm -hmm. my insurance money's worth. Second of all, like, just get, like, the, you know, mental clarity and, like, all of the growth and healing that I need. Like, you have to be, Mm -hmm. like, to some extent vulnerable and, like, kind of face all those fears. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It is also,
0: it is super unfortunate that, like, there is a monetary barrier for a lot of people like it is yeah I agree it's so unfortunate because like you were saying like anyone can benefit from a therapy session regardless of like where you are mental health wise um anyone can benefit from it and so it is really such a shame that there are monetary barriers for for some people and that is what is limiting um I did just thought that was an important point to bring up that like we can say, oh, everyone should go to therapy all we want. But that is it's really unfortunate that it's just not possible for for some people.
1: Yeah. And like not to get too political, but I think that just shows like the real like faults and failures of our healthcare system here. Oh, definitely. Because I feel like a lot of people in like low income areas, you know, their their demographic is just different and they have different life experiences that really like could be helped with Mm -hmm. therapy and they're the people that aren't getting it Mm -hmm. and could benefit the most and I just think that's messed up how that works you know um yeah I know like it'd be interesting to talk about a little bit about like what our school does for therapy I don't know if you like really know any of the resources that Loyola does um but I know when I first came to school they like introduced um the idea of like phone therapy sessions Mm -hmm. and you get like a few free ones at the wellness center which I I never tried out because I've always had like my own personal therapist Mm -hmm. but what do you think about that like do you think schools should be offering like more mental health resources or you know what's your opinion yeah
0: I definitely think that that is a good start having some like phone interviews and like things like that available yeah I do know um one of the issues I have with school like resources like that is that they're not really meant for long-term kind of care Mm -hmm. um which that's very which not everybody needs so like it is definitely a good thing to have for the people that are just like struggling with the transition to college or like a very specific issue that's happening right now I think that can be great for people like that but like I said if you're only getting like a couple sessions for free or like They might not even be available to help you. And like once you graduate college, that resource won't be there for you anymore. So I think it's definitely worth it to look like farther outside of school resources for more long term things, um, which is kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I thought about starting at um, Loyola's mental health services, but I knew that I wanted something more long term anyway. So I'm kind of, like, starting externally, but I think for other people, like, this school services is definitely a very good place to start.
1: Yeah, I agree. I know not all schools offer that, so I'm pretty thankful that Loyola does for people who need mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, it's, it's great that they do that, but again, like you said, it is a very, like... I don't want to say short-term, but it's not made for long-term, mm-hmm. right? So it makes sense. Yeah, I think, yeah. I appreciate, Anyways. like you were saying, I do appreciate that
0: Loyola has it. I think it really aligns with their whole, like, cura personalis kind of, I assume most Jesuit schools then would yeah. have it, since it kind of goes along with that. And I think it's relatively common at other schools. I don't know, don't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> I was like, well, I can understand why our tuition prices are so high <laughs> if they don't have this out of their schools. Like, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyways, so one question we just wanted to talk about is like, why, why do people go to therapy and just maybe discuss a little bit of the benefits? Like, I am open to talking about just the benefits that I have gotten from therapy and, you know, we can just have an open conversation about that. Um, one of the big things that I think is best about therapy is that it is professional help. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had friend experiences in the past where I've tried to help people that, you know, be that support for someone when they're going through a really, like, rough time mentally mm-hmm. and, like, maybe struggling with depression and anxiety and that kind of thing. Um, because I've experienced it myself, so I always want to be there for people. But it does come to a certain point where, like, your friends, like, just your school friends or, like, a parent or something only has so many resources they can give you like a professional needs to step in at some point if it you know goes to that level um so yeah I just wanted to point that out and because I think it's really important to set boundaries with people Mm -hmm. like you don't want to be their therapist like that's not your job like being a friend is so different than like being the person that they're spilling their life to 24-7. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the job for a therapist, and a therapist needs to help them work through those things. You're going to be there on the side to support them through it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly.
0: I think along the lines of yeah. that, too, is that a therapist and a professional is a good, like, neutral third party. Like, if you're going to your friends yeah. or your family members, like, they're obviously going to – they're going
1: to have, like, a biased opinion. Right. They're obviously
0: right? going to root for you and try to, like – be there for you in any way that they can which like of course is great but I think I Mm -hmm. obviously I have no experience with this but like therapists they'll they'll tell it to you straight they'll be like listen like maybe this isn't the best thing that you are doing for yourself whereas like a family member would just be like oh like yeah for sure Mm -hmm. you know
1: (laughs) oh for sure yeah I mean I think like my therapist personally I know she's like She's rooting for me. Like, she she wants to be on my side, but she'll call me out at the same time. And she's going to be like, no, like, you're using, like, this really bad coping mechanism in this situation, and maybe we should work on that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, girl, I see you. Yeah. I I hear you. And
0: like you were (laughs) saying with people that aren't professionals, like... Maybe they could give you some advice that could be really terrible. And, like, you don't know what kind of... This is true. What kind of coping mechanisms they use and, like, that kind of stuff. Like, it, things can just get very jumbled if you're talking to people that you shouldn't really, like, be yes. dumping your personal problems onto, essentially.
1: Yes. Agreed. And I think that can, like, sometimes cause problems in, like, your relationships. Definitely. Because... Not everyone is prepared for that or has the mental space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not to say that, like, talking about your feelings and your emotions and mental health is, like, ever a burden. Right, But right. it's just nice to be conscious of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing, I think, like, therapy just benefits, like, like, your use of coping mechanisms. Like, we've kind of used that word a lot, but, like, unhealthy coping mechanisms, we think of, like, drug at use and, like, maybe, I don't know, like, not taking care of yourself, like, in therapy, I think you learn, like, really how to cope well with your problems because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, like, I think emotions come up and people go to the first thing that's going to give them, like, a quick fix and, like, relief from that, like, really intense emotion and I think one thing therapy has taught me is, like, how to ride out that emotion and, like, acknowledge what's happening to me in real time. Mm -hmm so that I'm not just going to go to, like, the worst. Like, for me, it's eating disorder symptoms. I know we've talked about, like my experience with that in the past so for me like I will jump to a symptom first before I'm going to choose the healthy choice mm-hmm. and therapy's taught me to like okay we're redirecting from that and we're actually going to choose this option instead mm-hmm. you know and like the more you fire those neurons in your brain that are going to the healthy option like the stronger that becomes and then that becomes the new behavior right yeah um, but it takes a while to learn how to do that and I think the therapy is like what comes in and helps with that for mm-hmm. sure yeah and then it also
0: helps you yeah. identify like which things are working and which things are not and you can like convince without therapy you can can you can convince yourself that like this one way is going to work and maybe it's not and then you're not left with a whole lot so
1: yeah and I think therapists present a lot of different options as well like they just know so much about psychology and like the behavior of the mind and Mm -hmm. humans like they just have such extensive knowledge about it that they like understand, like, how to help in those situations. Like, I remember doing this thing. It's called DBT skills, and it's distress-based tolerance skills. And they're they're basically just skills that you use when you're, like, having a rough time. Like, if you're having, like, the most intense emotion ever and, like, you just feel kind of, like, out of control with that, you go to your distress-based tolerance skills. There's, like, a variety of them that you can use for different situations. And, like, just, like, having that tool in your back pocket is really important I feel Mm -hmm. um and it's helped me a lot so just like having those concrete like answers that you Mm -hmm. can you can use when you're in a sticky situation mental health wise yeah definitely that sounds awesome
0: I think kind of like along those lines like you were saying like something concrete is that getting I don't know if this is technically like something that is good to say or not um but I think getting a diagnosis for mental illness can, can in a way be like very validating um, because like you can go for so long having all oh, of for these, sure. yeah. having all of these feelings and it's like, I don't know, like, am I the only one that feels like this? Or like, is this normal? Blah, blah, blah. Like you can be questioning your existence for so long, but then getting an actual right. diagnosis. you feel alone. Yeah, it just really like confirms that. One, you're not alone. Two, this is, like, an issue that exists. Like, it's not just you malfunctioning or anything. Like, it's it's a thing. Right. <laughs> so, I think... No, that is such a good point to bring up. Yeah, I think that yeah, part of therapy definitely. can definitely be very helpful. Obviously, yeah, there are some negative impacts of that as well. Like, getting a diagnosis and being like, oh, shoot, I actually do have this big burden that I have to carry now. Yeah. But... In at least
1: in, right. from my
0: perspective, I think it would be more validating than not.
1: Yeah, well, I think it. Yeah, I think it's definitely validating because you, for me at least, I'd rather know like what I'm carrying around mm-hmm. than just be like shooting like, you know, my all my efforts at something that I don't really know how to conquer because I don't know like what it is or how to deal with right. it. So I think it's very validating, and it can just, like, kind of point you in the right direction because, like, if you know, then you know, like, what next steps to take in order to, you know, move through that, mm-hmm. I guess. I
0: also do just want to point yeah. out that, like, you don't necessarily need a diagnosis to recognize that you have mental health issues. Like, you – it's – I so think true. that's something that has also, um, like, deterred me from therapy before is that, like – Oh, like no one has ever told me that I have these issues that I should be seeing someone. So like I must not need to. Um, but you can definitely like yeah, recognize those that. things in yourself, um, and you can. Yeah, I mean it's
1: almost like having imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I'm not like mentally ill enough to go to therapy. Like you wouldn't be thinking about it if you if you weren't mm-hmm. actually like needing the therapy. You know. Right. Right. But you have to fact check yourself on that because. I think in our society, like we don't we don't praise like the going to get help. We praise like individualism and like quote pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and like we praise people just like getting through it the toughest way possible. I feel like yeah, and not the opposite. So I feel like that's maybe part of why there is such a stigma around mental health. I was about to really say like, that. Yeah, applaud that. Right. Yeah, and
0: yeah, kind of along Crazy. those lines as well. Like, um people think that you need to have a mental illness to go to therapy and you, you don't like you Mm -hmm. can, you can just go and just have someone to talk to without having like a super serious diagnosable mental illness. So I think that's another, another reason that, um, that people can be deterred and things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, there's this, Like, I am in, like, a group therapy that we, like, meet, like, once a week. And, like, one of the people in group therapy always says, like... You know, others shouldn't worry about, like, who's in therapy. They need to be worried about who's not in therapy because the people in therapy are going to therapy to deal with the shit from people that aren't in therapy. <laughs> like, that is the way things work sometimes. Yeah. It's so funny when she says that. It's just reminded me of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally understand how people can get deterred, um, but I think it's validating to go and to have someone listen to your problems and, like, literally just say, I hear you like I know how hard this is for you even if they don't have like a solution right away
0: yeah that's a Um, that's another thing about going to like your friends or your family members or something is that they might try to search for further solutions for you and try to think of things that you can do and it's like sometimes that's not what you need sometimes you just need someone to be like yeah yes these are very valid feelings that you're having
1: yeah. I think I'm so guilty of that because like immediately when someone comes to me with a problem, I like, I care so deeply about them. I'm like, I want to fix it right away right. for you because I don't want you to go through something yeah. hard. And I, I've i tried to get in the habit more of asking like, do you want advice right now or do you just need me to be here? Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of helps clarify like what my role is going to be in that situation. That's a
0: really good question um, to ask. Because I'm, yeah. I'm definitely guilty of those things as well. It's just trying to trying yes. to immediately come up with solutions. And it's like, or I think one of the things, one of my ways of like supporting people is like trying to find a story of my own life in which like similar yeah. things have happened. But then that can be like misconstrued as like making the conversation all about you. And it's like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying yeah. to help. But yeah, definitely, Yeah, that's a good question to ask. Like, do you want advice? Do you want a personal story? Or do you just want me to listen?
1: <laughs> yeah, you get A, B, C, yeah. or D, all of the above. <laughs> like, yeah. choose your, take your pick. <laughs> I love that. No, my mom is so guilty of that, too, because I come to her with a problem and immediately she has already thought of five solutions and I'm like mom like you can just like give me a hug Mm -hmm. just tell me that it's okay yeah like that's all I need to hear right now and then she's like okay okay I know I know I'll I'll do better next time and I'm like you're good you're good but having like that open communication is something that I learned through therapy and so that's something that I like try to practice with her now Mm -hmm. um so it's important and it's helped our relationship good I love to hear that yeah um but we talked a little bit earlier about, like, setting boundaries with people and, you know, not offering the advice when you think people need the professional help, Mm -hmm. you know? And I want to come back to a point, like, we have talked a lot about, like, women's rights, I guess, on this podcast, and we're going to talk about it more in a future episode. But I just see in so many, like, male-female, like, heteronormative relationships that women constantly act as, like, a therapist for men and, like, all of their problems because I think there is more of a stigma for men not to go to therapy too. Yeah, I think that's Um, definitely accurate. And this is, yeah, this is just a pattern and a narrative that I absolutely despise and wanted to talk about because I just want to bring attention to it. Um, I think more and more like people on social media are seeing this and waking up to it. Um, and so it's just important to talk about. Yeah.
0: I can't you know, say that I've ever personally experienced it, but I think you're definitely mm-hmm. right in saying that there's more of a stigma for men to get like professional mental health care and just to like open up to their, for, to their feelings in general. It yeah. really, yeah, it really is so such a shame that there is such a stigma around that because that just leads to so many problematic <laughs> things. Um, so many problematic things and so yeah I'm definitely here for like getting rid of the stigma around mental health care and feelings
1: for men (laughs) yeah no I just I bring it up like I've had so many friends and like with their relationships like their boyfriends and with myself too like my first boyfriend kind of had this issue like they just like dump all of their emotional crap on you and all of these problems and then gaslight you to make it look like it's like your fault that they did that Mm -hmm. that they're feeling this way and so they just don't know how to process their emotions like I'm talking just from my own experiences and the experiences I've seen with like my friends and stuff um and so yeah I think it's just a pattern especially in college women of women being like the caretakers Mm -hmm. of like other people a lot of the times that's their role so maybe that's where it comes from I think yeah um but yeah men need therapy just as much yeah and I think in college
0: especially like you were saying like You just want people to like you. Like, you just want to make friends, especially when you're first getting there. You'll, you, like, you will do anything to, like, get people to like you, even if it's, like, giving yourself an emotional burden and things like that. Obviously, this isn't the case for
1: everybody, but at least that was my personal experience. Um, Yeah. No, that's really true. And a college is, like, college is just one of the most difficult times in your life in general. Like, I feel like my freshman year was... So hard for me. Yeah, it's such a big transition, and it's hard to prioritize your mental health during that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a big transition. So it's like, how do you find the time to balance your mental health with changing every other aspect of your life at the same time and trying to do school? Yeah, you know, I think mental health gets pushed to the back burner for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely.
0: It kind of goes back to um one of our very first episodes about like burnout and academic fatigue, like both socially and academically, it can be really easy to kind of just push your own mental health, like on the back burner. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that is, and especially with a big transition like college, it can be difficult to find resources and get like the, um, like the therapy or whatever kind of care that you need. Um, so I think that was also f- something for me as well as like by the time that I was, First thinking about therapy, it was, like, towards the end of high school, and I was like, well, I'm going to be leaving anyway, and then then I got to college, and, like, I just got so caught up in everything else that it just, like I said, just got pushed to the back burner. So, if you're in
1: college, seek it out. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. You'll be happy you did, I think, at least. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I have to say, it was really weird. Like, I've always gone to therapy in person before this, and now, like, therapy's all online with the pandemic, and, like, I'd meet with my therapist over Zoom, Mm -hmm. and making that transition was freaking weird. Like, it was so strange, and now I can't imagine going back. Like, I'm like, I don't know what it's going to be like to sit in a chair again, like across from her mm-hmm. and talk to her in, her in person. Like that almost makes me nervous. Yes. Yeah. Do you, did you, yeah, um, I don't know.
0: sorry if I'm allowed to ask this, did you start no, of course. Um, therapy like in high school or did you start in college? Was there a, yeah. like a transition so you had therapy,
1: to make? Yeah. I've gone through a lot of like transitions with therapists, I feel like. So I think it was my sophomore year of high school, like, I live in Minnesota, and, like, anyone in the Midwest just knows that seasonal depression is, like, such a thing. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I think just literally, and, like, I think that paired along with the regular depression of, like, going through puberty and, like, high school's really hard, mm-hmm. and, like, people aren't the nicest there. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I've, and I've always had anxiety throughout my whole life, and I just never really was told, like, oh, you have anxiety, mm-hmm. but, like, I knew I was always nervous for no reason. I mean, that's a simplified way of putting it, right. but you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so yeah, I just remember, like, I don't remember how it started, but it just got so bad that I, like, told my parents. I think I was, like, I just think I need to talk to someone. Like, I'm not not doing well. Um, I can't remember if I started that conversation or if they pushed me to do it. Um, They were supportive either way, which was really great. So, I started just seeing, like, a regular therapist for, like, generalized anxiety and, like, moderate generalized depression, basically, Um, and she was great. She was, like, kind of an older woman like maybe in like her 30s she was really cute I loved her um, and I would see her maybe like every two weeks or so um, and it was just enough to like bring me back to where I needed to be mentally mm-hmm. and finish out high school like that I think I went on some periods like over the summer where I wouldn't see her for maybe like a month or so and then I would get back in and we would just kind of like have a checkup mm-hmm. um, so I kind of took that as I needed it um, and then I remember I left for college and I thought I was doing really well, and I was excited to go, and I was like, I don't I don't need a therapist right now because I'm moving, and I didn't even think to try to go find one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that year, I didn't go to therapy at all, and that was actually the year that, like, I really fell into, like, my eating disorder, and things got bad for me. Um, and I, like, knew that whole year. I was like, I need help. I need help. Like, everything I'm going through right now is what I would be dealing with in therapy, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't push myself to go because, like, I was so sick mentally, like, there was no room for any thoughts in my brain besides, like, what I was eating and all of those yeah. weird eating disorder mm-hmm. thoughts. So at the end of the year, when I, like, kind of came clean to my parents about, like, how I wasn't doing well with eating and everything, I was like, it's time for me to, like, go back to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it is. Um, but this time I got one that, like, specialized in eating disorders and then they matched me to, like, a dietitian as well. Okay, got um, it. So I... <laughs> Yeah, so it was kind of like a double... Well, I actually went back to the therapist that I had seen in high school, and I told her what was going on, and she was like, I actually think you need, like, a higher level of care than I can give you because I'm not specialized in eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I added the dietitian, and then the dietitian was like, you need to go into, like, a program, basically. And so then, in my program, I got a new dietitian and a new therapist, and I worked with them for a month before I was out of my program... And then they really helped me make the transition back to Chicago because I knew I was trying to go back to Mm -hmm. school. And as someone that just got out of like um, an eating disorder program, like that, that phase of not having the same support that you did is like very crucial where you need to get the support back Mm -hmm. so that you're not like falling into old habits. So they were really great about setting me up with a therapist and like all of their like administrators took care of the insurance and stuff. It was, it was nice. It was like the smoothest transition I've had. Yeah, and then I met with a therapist in Chicago for a year, and then when I would, like, go home for the summer, I would meet with my therapist in Minnesota, and we, like, switched off. Okay. And then I got, I don't want to say abandoned, but there's this, I just, like, <laughs> one of my therapists moved to, like, a different state. She moved to Arizona. And I remember her, like, calling me, and I was like, I'm sad that you're leaving. <laughs> what do you mean you're, like, leaving me? Like, it was emotional, because I had formed a really good connection right. with her. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it was sad, and then she transitioned me to someone that she worked with like at her um, same firm and so now that's who I see now and like the fact that they were connected made me feel better about like seeing her because she was able to kind of give her all of my history and like whatnot and I didn't have to retell that Mm -hmm. a ton. Um, so that's where I'm at now. It's been a long road, and I've seen a lot of different people. Thankfully, like, all of my therapists have been great along the way. Like, there have hasn't been one that I never, like, liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, good. Some I think I've been better than others. Yeah, I feel like I've heard some people have terrible experiences with their therapists, and, like, not all therapists are created equal. I'm just going to yeah. say that right here, <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so take it from me. You don't have to be scared to transition therapists, and it's okay if you need to, like, move around and find the right mm-hmm. one
0: yeah I yeah that's my story I have called it with a couple of my friends I've we've been calling it therapist shopping um
1: I love <laughs> that like, just add to cart, yeah, add to cart. <laughs> essentially <laughs> that's so funny therapist shopping yeah I think it can be helpful to maybe like talk to them on the phone and stuff too and just really like state what your needs are mm-hmm. because that's how they're going to best find someone to match you um that you can talk to yeah
0: it's really good that but the yeah. the one that you had said like I am not capable of giving you the care that you need like that's a really good way to like t- yeah. to do that just in general like yeah it's,
1: and then it was yeah it's nice that sure. she could ag- I, sorry I didn't mean that <laughs> no, you're good
0: it's <laughs> nice that she could like acknowledge that and not like try to keep helping you and not do it in a way that was healthy for you
1: exactly yeah I that was like very um the way that turned out was really great I could have gone so much worse Mm -hmm. um and I think that was like a signifier to me too like this is not just shit you're dealing with from high school like you have moved into a new level and you do need more help Mm -hmm. and like I don't think there's like now I understand there's no shame in admitting that and at the time it felt like there was yeah um, but, like, needing needing more help, like, it's it's not something to be ashamed of. So yeah, everyone keep definitely. that in mind, too. Yeah. Um, but another thing we wanted to talk about is if you aren't able to go to therapy, because I know, like we said, there are monetary barriers, there's insurance barriers, there's a lot of different things. Um, I just wanted to go over, like, therapeutic activities that you can do just to help yourself when you're just having a bad day. Like, this is no, no way to... Fill in for actual therapy, but just things that I do and Amanda does that help us, yeah. I guess. Um, I wrote a few things down. Like, I love reading. Journaling, I think, is a great one because that can be your own little form mm-hmm. of therapy. Art therapy, music therapy, going on walks, therapy podcasts. There are a lot of podcasts out there that are started by professionals um, that can give you great information and resources on how to deal with things. Um, so go listen to those after you listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> I will say, um, I definitely agree. Reading is just a very, like, calming activity for me. Um, same with... Yeah,
1: and there's a lot of self-help books out there, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how great they are, but they exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never... I'm um, really... I have a very difficult time with anything that's nonfiction. Um, but... <laughs> I will say getting lost in a good book is a very good way to kind of forget about the things that you mm-hmm. are trying to forget about. Um, I have really Literally. never been a big journal person, which is so weird for me because I love writing, but I have just never that is weird. I've never like been able to get into journaling. I've tried it a couple of times and it just it it's uncomfortable for me. It just doesn't do the
1: things that I want it to do. Um maybe I'm interested to see if your therapist is gonna your future therapist is gonna push you on that yeah I'm interested to make you try yeah
0: it. and I think yeah. I think maybe there will be a point in my life when <laughs> journaling can be effective it's just not I'm not at that point at the moment um yeah which I think is fair like there are you can definitely go through different like stages in your life where different things will work and different things might not um for sure art has definitely been a very helpful thing for me lately I've just I've I got um like a mixed media kind of sketchbook and I've just been putting the most random like paint blobs and stuff in there and honestly
1: like it's so nice (laughs) even if it doesn't I love that was it yeah even if it doesn't turn out like a certain way it's nice to just do Mm -hmm. that I feel like you had mentioned like doing more artwork was one of your new year's resolutions it was Is that yeah I'm definitely
0: good for you yeah, I'm definitely doing that I, I love to see it's us, not like a daily yeah. practice but it's definitely like if I ever have a free moment I'm like oh I should I should paint something or like one of my other um yeah resolutions was embroidering uh and I've been definitely getting better at that so yeah
1: I'm very excited oh, about yeah i seen it on your Instagram oh, thank you <laughs> yeah it's been great <laughs> yeah artwork I remember there was like one summer the summer that I was like going through treatment and stuff like I probably made 50 different friendship bracelets because I like liked that mm-hmm. as my form of therapeutic yeah. art and I would just like sit at the beach and do it for hours it was so nice yeah is
0: I will say like yeah. as much as I love reading it is really nice to be able to like mm-hmm. do something with your hands um yeah, I made I baked definitely. bread the other day I was feeling very overwhelmed and I said you know what I'm gonna need some bread
1: and so I did oh my god obviously stress baking is a big thing yeah, for me yeah I'm like oh I have responsibilities let me just put some cookies in the oven first right. before I get yeah. to those it is I will say <laughs> like so it's very helpful <laughs> for me personally
0: yeah and then you have a
1: snack right to get you, you through. have a
0: little treat to get you through
1: absolutely stay tuned to our future episode where we talk about cooking as a college student I'm so excited baking is included in that as well Mm -hmm. yeah Amanda's very excited if you guys don't follow her blog you should definitely do that because she posts the cutest things oh thank you that she makes at a on her way yep that's me (laughs) on Instagram yay cool well oh my god my dog is ah he's looking at me oh I love you okay I'm coming he's so cute Okay, um, well, thank you for listening, everyone. We hope that this episode gave you some good tips on how to start going to therapy, Mm -hmm. how to go through the whole journey of finding a therapist, just really anything related to mental health. Yeah, Um, I just
0: want to emphasize too. Oh, we really appreciate
1: you for listening.
0: Oh, sorry, (laughs) I cut you off there.
1: No, go ahead. Um, I just
0: want to emphasize too that, like, mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, We're destroying the stigma, starting right here on this podcast. just kidding, I wish I had yes, that power. You are doing it. Um but definitely
1: <laughs> <laughs> And that is not to say that like you personally, like whoever's listening to this, have to be open about your experience. Like mm-hmm. I think that puts pressure on people. Like, no, you don't have to talk about your own experience if you're not comfortable with that. But just know that there should be no stigma, Yeah and we are breaking. Just
0: it. know that you are you're not alone. Your feelings are valid. You're not alone. And you're mm-hmm. loved. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah. You- oh my gosh, you're so loved. Yay. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Again, I'm Ellie. I'm Amanda. And this has been Getting There. See you next time.